Blog Talk Radio. Set up there for you. 
taking a little longer to come up than I than they were earlier. Or people on the line or something. Hmm. That's very weird. Okay, come on. How strange is that? Okay. campaign to raise minimum wage. Take a look at that. Efforts of ASME affiliates to convince state and local efforts by ASME affiliates to convince state and local leaders to raise the minimum wage from public service workers in helping to fuel momentum to the national fight for $15 <clears throat> campaign, the latest victory, a $15 an hour minimum wage for 50,000 low-paid New York City workers, including 20,000 workers mostly represented by DC 37, which will take effect by the end of 
folks, that, that's five years away. You know? By then, the $15 an hour will be worth a dollar fifty. you know? Uh, they get you coming and going, man. <sighs> Getting around Congress. The movement to raise a minimum wage is stymied in Congress by uh, corporate benefactors who don't want to see working families have more money in their pockets. It is being championed by the state and local level. <laughs> Thanks to the work of ASME and other unions and progressive allies in California, Oregon, and Washington, D.C., voters and lawmakers will have their say this year on various proposals that would gradually raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour. Yeah, you know, this, this is, I don't know, I mean, it's nice to see this, folks, but it's too little, too late, you know, it really, really is. Anyway, uh, I guess something's better than nothing, right? Yeah. You heard a lot about this in the past, uh, in the recent years, recent months, and recent years about gender equality. Now Hollywood's uh, trying to you know, uh, make equal pay for equal work, which I guess they never really have. <sighs> Stepping up for the fight for gender equality. We are commemorating Women's History Month by remembering the women of the past who fought for the rights of working people. Today, International Women's Day, we join a global fight for gender equality while celebrating the power of women to change the world. It was on March 8th, 1908, that the women of the International Ladies' Garment Workers' Union, fed up with the inhumane conditions in sweatshop factories, staged a major walkout. March 8th also was the anniversary of an uh, 18... I'm sorry. Uh, March 8th was the, also the anniversary... of the 1857 garment workers' strike. 15,000 women, many of them immigrants and teenagers, took to the streets of New York calling for better pay, safer conditions, and voices on the job. Now, you know, that was in 1857. You know, and we're still calling for that. And those people over in Bangladesh and China and everyone else, I mean, they're just, they're just being crushed by the, by the, by the, you know, by the fascist hand, you know. But anyway, their uh, demands weren't met, and conditions they protested eventually led to a deadly disaster at the Triangle Shirt Factory. But the garment workers didn't give up. They kept calling for justice for women workers even or every March 8th, and eventually the day came to be known as Women's Day. In 1975, the United Nations chose the date for its inaugural International Women's Day. There you go. Yeah, I guess you work hard enough. 75 years or so, and eventually they, they name a day after you. They don't change the wages much. They just make the day and give you a day. Thanks for the efforts of activists like the Ig, Iglu, the IL, oh, lady, um, International Ladies Garment Workers Union, Strikers, Workplace Conditions for Women have greatly improved in the past 108 years. But we are still fighting. Here in the United States, women still face discrimination at work, and we still earn only seventy-nine cents. They still earn only seventy-nine cents for every dollar earned by male counterparts. Women do more unpaid work than men, and we still do not have widespread access to paid paid maternity and family leave. 
the theme of this year's International Women's Day is Step It Up for Gender Equality. The United Nations is calling on countries around the world to achieve equality goals by 2030. But we have a long way to go to make it. The women got to live in slavery for another 20 years, 20, 24 years. Pretty sad. But anyway, I, 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 I just don't, I guess you can set goals, but I, I don't understand, you know, I don't, I don't really understand sometimes the, the, the way people negotiate. That's, that's what I, you know, that's why the working man keeps getting clobbered. He can't negotiate. And sometimes his unions don't negotiate too well for him either. So, uh, says if you're an AFSCME an woman, and you want to know more about how to get okay, how you can make a difference as a union activist, check out our Web Women's Leadership Academy. Applications will be accepted until March fifth. March, uh, click here to find out more. I would that that there. I would really be, you know, if I was a union worker in the in a factory or wherever, you know, hey, I would go to this school. I mean, it's ask me, ask me training on how to be a an activist, you know, Indian activist. It says for members, education and trainings. Um, the Athenae Women's Leadership Academy is designed for women leaders or activists at the local or lo- chapter, uh, the local or chapter level. The uh, eight-month Academy includes a five-day orientation session on August 16, 2016, completion of a local union or council project or campaign, and a three-day final session in March 2017. The National Union will pay for travel overnight uh, accommodations, double occupancy, and meals for all classroom training sessions for selected participants. Affiliates or Selected participants will cover vacation or release time. I don't know exactly what that means, but okay. The link to the application is below. The goals of the academy. Um, There's an activist academy here. Ask me. Um, I believe it asked me. Together. Yeah. Ask me Women's Leadership Academy. And it says, uh, the goal of the academy for participants are to develop high-level presentation and communication skills, develop strategic planning skills for internal organizing, create a personal five-year plan, well, establish a mentoring relationship with a seasoned leader, but capacity in their own local, uh, build capacity in their own local or chapter. Applicants to the academy must meet the following criteria. They must be a union leader or activist, be a local union leader, rather, or activist, um, commit to attend all sessions of the academy, orientation August 16th, final session March 2017. Oh, that's almost uh, seven, nine months, I guess, eight months training. Commit to participate.
participate actively in the mentoring program, commit to attend all monthly webinars or check-in calls, commit to an approved uh, approved six-month internal organizing or political action project campaign for their local unions or council affiliate. And they're teaching you how to organize here. They're teaching you how to how to protest. They're teaching you how to you know be activists. And that's that's that itself, boy, is pearls. Uh, is a is a true calling. Um, not always a rewarding one, but <laughs> financially. <laughs> but uh, it, it can be, you know. And uh, you know, understanding. Getting people to understand they're being walked on, that, that seems to be hard. I, I don't know why. I don't know why. But politically, Americans are walked on every day, you know, every single day. And, and you know, and uh, that's why you have to have, you know, amazing places like unions. You know, I've always supported unions my whole life. And I uh, always will. But, you know, We're up a lot. Of, we're up against a lot of folks. We're a whole lot, and I don't know if if Don, I don't I I don't think we're gonna have it much better if uh, uh, Donald Trump gets in. But who knows? Maybe there'll be more work. Maybe they'll have some ideas. Maybe they'll start. You know. Maybe they'll start. Uh, uh, making help, helping people get work. We're so bad up. I mean, recent figures came out today that we're at like, I don't know, five point something, uh, you know, unemployment. But in reality, it's well over seven and possibly eight percent, according to a uh, uh, number of different uh, um, government sites and uh, websites. There's one called smarterstats.com that you can. Um, you can you can check that out. They have almost everything that you want to know. <laughs> Real accurate unemployment rates, accurate you know this rate, that rate, accurate polls, accurate everything. So uh, check that out. Smarterstats.com. And um, hey, and I I gotta say I've uh, you know I wish everybody the best. You know what I mean? Or women's leadership or whatever it may be. So there. Let me go back to oh, there. Oh, yeah, that's not the one. Yeah, it's kind of weird.
Bart was one of the bridge inspectors who, for years, warned about dangerous poor conditions on the I-35 West Bridge in Minneapolis, which collapsed on August 1st, 2007. Uh, 13 people were killed on that day and 145 were injured. That was not an accident. It was a tragedy. And the hostage incident at Mansfield Correctional Institution in Ohio, in which a corrections officer was taken hostage by a male inmate, was also no incident, no accident. It happened because despite warnings about short staffing, uh, she was left alone in the presence of a violent felon. These and many other daily lapses in public safety are preventable events. Most don't even make the news, but we can prevent them if we listen to the workers who do these jobs. We never quit. It's important for our communities to know that. As public service workers, we never quit. Our streets will always need cleaning. Our neighborhoods will always demand safety. And we do not. We do this work not to get rich, but because it matters. We need to make this message seriously because, take this message seriously, because it will help us win. The way public service workers speak with one one voice is through our union. It's through asking that correction officers get a seat on the table with management and help prevent unsafe situations. It's through asking that police and firefighters and EMT workers can improve the life-saving services we provide in our communities. And it's true, or rather it's through asking that Bart Anderson became an advocate for bridge safety and is raising awareness about our national infrastructure crisis. No matter how vicious the attacks against us, we'll always stand up for our communities. Never quit. That's always been who we are, and it's our message from now on. And the next time someone asks you what you do, Tell them you're a public service worker and you'll never quit. Practice this message with your friends and family. Say it proudly. Treat a major threat to our voice. If the Supreme Court sides with wealthy special interests and Friedrich versus California Teachers Association, it could diminish our right to a strong voice on the job. But we'll never quit fighting for our rights and our voice. We're building member power uh, through Ask Me Strong, and we urge all Ask Me members to get involved. As Vincent uh, Variali, uh, uh, New York EMC lieutenant, or EMS rather, lieutenant, uh, who responded to the September 11 attacks, put it without a voice. Puts it without a voice. Police, firefighters, EMS, and the first uh, responders won't be able to push for life-saving equipment and shorter response times. And uh, social workers won't be able to push for better nurse-to-patient ratios. Our teachers would lose the ability to negotiate for smaller size classes and improve educational standards. It's up to us to stand stronger than before. Now it's more before. Now it's more important than ever. And without a strong voice uh, for public service workers, communities all across the country will suffer. We're after and we never quit. There you go.
kind of strange. Yeah. Private custodians flunk honesty test. In, in Chelmsford, Mass., after years of problems with private contractor Aramac, Aramark, Aramark, sorry, including alleged uh, incidents uh, of theft for schools and students, the city school committee has voted to bring daytime custodial services back in house. This is a welcome development because in-house daytime custodians will be returning to the Kelsford schools. July 1st. Um, AFSCME opposes outsourcing because workers often lose the benefits of a union contract. It also creates a downward spiral in which reduced workers' wages and benefits may easily end up hurting the local economy and the overall stability of the middle and working class families. Ironically, Kelmsford's vote to reverse a chorus comes as Nashua, New Hampshire, school board officials are considering a plan to outsource the city's school custodians to a private contractor over the objections of many parents, teachers, and community members. After council school officials outsourced daytime custodians to Aramark in 2011, its employees became a constant problem for the school. And, uh, for example, a custodian was arrested on an outstanding warrant just after the private contractor took over. Another contracted employee was caught stealing a student's prescription drugs from the Kemsford High School nurse office. Uh, and and uh, in recent months, a custodian was arrested for stealing student belongings, and another is being prosecuted for the theft of seven school computers. Uh, I guess they're not paying these guys enough. Um, other issues added to the growing failures, such as losing custodians who had decades of experience maintaining the district's building. Um, when the transition was made, Kemsford town manager Paul Cohen said, we lost a lot of institutional knowledge. And the, the, the high-profile arrest and numerous complaints about the overall quality of service, combined with the fact that cost savings were far less than anticipated, motivated the Kemsford School Committee to reverse course. The committee voted unanimously to terminate its relationship with Aramark and approved a plan that brings lead, uh, lead, um, lead day custodians back in-house for each of the town's 11 schools. Now, some members of the uh, school committee um, expressed a desire for the entire operation to be unstaffed by public employees. But a significant budget deficit forced them to proceed, and for now, for now rather, uh, with a hybrid model that includes a small team of nighttime contract cleaners. Huh. All right. But school committees, uh, school committee officials are wary of working with private contractors after their experience with Airmark. They are requesting much more specific proposals for nighttime services and only offering a one-year contract. In House Times, uh, custodian will be returning to the Kemsford School on July 1st. ASME Council plans to organize the custodians in order to protect the hard-fought gains of union to ensure good jobs in the community. There you go. Yeah. Um, 
my next article is um, it says even in a digital in a digital economy, Americans need real jobs. Okay, they got uh, you know Uber and all those. What's the difference between a taxi driver and an Uber driver? Well, both spend their days behind the wheel of a car. They both know how to get their passengers from one place to the next. But nowadays, you can summon either one with a smart app, a phone app, but thanks to loopholes in the laws that protect workers, only the taxi driver has a job. If you're working for Uber, you only have a kiki. Okay. Hmm. The gig economy has been growing lately as uh, employers find new ways to outsource labor to contractors and informally attached uh, and informally attached workers. At the same time, more Americans are working part time with or with regular schedules. In 2015, a study by American Accountability Office found that fully 40% of American workers have this kind. This kind of a job. A huge percentage of working people have uh, pers- have lost their job security and benefits as their positions have been reclassified, cut to part time, or made temporary, and all in the name of the company's bottom line. The FLCIO is calling on lawmakers to correct this this uh, growing injustice in our economy and extend workplace protections to millions of misclassified people. The daily or the, the National Labor Relations Act is meant to protect our um,
excuse me, I'm sorry. The AFSCME uh, uh, Council for, you know, the website. So uh, uh, we can continue that. Uh, we can we can go on uh, to other things. I wanted to uh, tonight. I wanted to. I was hoping to be able to bring up some stuff on the. Uh, wanted to bring up some um, latest information on the. Uh, if you haven't already heard it, which I'm sure you probably have, um, the uh, latest news on the elections, but uh, not the primaries. But um, I, before I go to that, I, I wanted to. Um, I just wanted to say. Um, I was so glad. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I, I won't mention Hillary because I, you know, she is another endorsing Hillary. But, um, but the AFL-CIO isn't uh, only Aspias, and uh, um, I thought that was rather interesting. But <sighs> this is some of the craziest stuff I ever saw. Um, Marco Rubio, if anybody you know remembers him, um, I'm sure you do. This election, but he he's going to be knocked out in Florida, so his days are done. Um, yeah, uh, looks like uh, you know he's double digits behind <laughs> behind uh, Trump in Florida. But um, interesting. Um, open letter on Donald Trump from the GOP national security leaders. To me, this this, this is so crazy, you know, because uh, you know the, the Republicans are probably the, the the worst ever party ever ever conceived, you know, uh, at least in the last uh, hundred years. But. For them to for them to try to destroy their own popular candidate, it's just beyond. You know, they pledge the guy to to stay in the party, and then while he's in the party, they make his life absolutely miserable and try try to ruin him for the nomination. And when he succeeds, in spite of them, all right, they come out with all kinds of crazy crazy stuff. I mean, this Republican Party, man. I mean, I can't. There's not one person in that party that's any better than Donald Trump. All right, and they're, they're proving that. What do they do? Bring up uh, 17 people, or 14 Republicans, or something, you know, to, to run against each other. And the best one turned out to be, uh, you know, Donald Trump. All the others are happily forgotten, you know. And uh, let's let's move on from there. But let let me. It, I thought it was important to read this because this is what's happening, folks. And if you like Trump or don't like Trump. Uh, his working record with people is rather dubious, I just say. But, you know, you know, hiring illegal aliens and, uh, you know, uh, doing everything. Yeah, everything he He says he's loved by by, uh, by Latin Americans because uh, he's hired he's, he's hired thousands and thousands of them in his, career, in his career. He has many thousands of them working for him. But a friend of mine sent this over to me the other day, and I was uh, quite amazed by it. (laughs) The open letter on Donald Trump from the GOP, National Security Leaders. Now, these are the neocons, 
These are bushy neogons. That's what the remainder, and the people that are remaining, you know, have remained um, in government or, or advising government from, from the bush years. And it says, we, the undersigned members of the Republican National Security Community, uh, represent a broad spectrum of opinion on America's role in the world and what is necessary to keep us safe and prosperous. We have disagreed with one another on many issues, including the Iraq War and the intervention in Syria. But we are united in our opposition to Donald Trump's presidency, <laughs> recognizing as we do the conditions of American politics that have contributed to his popularity. We nonetheless are obligated rather, to state our core objectives clearly. Number one. We're out to kill everybody. We want to screw everybody over. Number two, we want all your money. Number three, we don't want anything from you except your money. We don't even want to talk to you. All right? I'm making that up. Sorry, folks. I, I can't stand it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, his vision of America. Now, they're talking, they're downgrading Trump here, you know. His vision of America, influence, and power in the world is widely inconsistent and unmoored in principle. He swings from isolationism to military adventurism within the space of one sentence. Yeah, that's true. These guys, the neocons who are writing this thing, they 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 go they don't they don't mess around. They just want to take over everybody, kill everybody, move into everybody, take all the money, take all the oil, take whatever they can get. And you know, up you know that's the end of it. This this is what these guys want, you know. <laughs> and they're all mad because Trump won't let them buy into to, to his president. They won't let them contribute. That's right, because he doesn't want to be owned by anybody, especially these these clowns in the Republican Party. But he had to join the Republican Party just to be able to get into the elections, because nobody would have talked to him otherwise, you know. So anyway, um, as an independent, you know, uh, so controlling our borders, uh, this is really interesting, is hateful anti-Muslim rhetoric undercuts the seriousness of combating Islamic radicalism by alienating partners in the Islamic world, making significant contributions to the effort. More, furthermore, it endangers the safety and constitutionality uh, constitutionally guaranteed freedoms of American Muslims. Controlling our border and preventing illegal immigration is a serious issue, but his insistence that Mexico will fund the wall on the southern border inflames up unhelpful passions and rests on the utter misreading of and contempt for our southern neighbor. Eh, I can't blame him in a way. You know, Their, their economy and their governments have been so corrupt for so long, the Mexicans. It's just that, you know, that's why they, can, they can't supply them. <laughs> you know, Trump is right. They're sending, you know, we are the Mexican economy. They're sending them over here, millions of them coming over here. You know, come on, come on over. What the hell, you know? And, uh, you know, so it's absolutely killing us. But anyway, <clears throat> um, And 
they go after him some more on this. He says, similarly, his insistence that closed allies, close allies such as Japan, must pay vast sums of protection is the sentient is the sentiment of a racketeer, not the leader of the alliances that have served us so well since World War Two. Well, that's true. But why are we paying for their defense? Why are we paying for anybody's defense except our own? What the hell? Why is that? Right? And uh, that's what Trump is saying. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I think anybody with, with, with sense would say the same thing. Why are we paying for other people's wars? We're not. We shouldn't. I mean, we get enough problems in our own country to start playing, you know, warlords in, in other countries. Um, his admiration for Republican dictators such as Vladimir Putin is unacceptable for the leader of the world's greatest uh, democracy. He is fundamentally dishonest. Evidence of this includes his attempts to deny positions he has unquestionably taken in the past, including on 2003 Iraq War and the 2011 Libyan conflict. He, we accept that uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he, they're saying he is fundamentally dishonest. Evidence of this includes his attempts to deny positions he has unquestionably taken in the past. Uh, you know, positions on, on the Iraq War and, and the 2011 Libyan conflict. And we accept that view evolve, views evolve over time, but this is simply misrepresentation. His equation of business acumen and foreign policy experience is false. Not all lethal uh, conflicts can be resolved as a, as a real estate deal might, and there is no recourse to bankruptcy court in internal affairs and in international affairs. Mr. Trump's own statements uh, lead us to conclude that as president, he would use the authority of his office to act in ways that make America less safe, which would diminish our standing in the world. Uh, furthermore, the expansive views of how presidential power should be welded against the detractors poses a distinct, a distinct threat to civil liberties in the United States. Therefore, as committed and loyal Republicans, we are unable to support a party ticket with Mr. Trump at its head. We commit ourselves to working energetically to prevent the election of someone who's so utterly unfit for the office. And all of these bozos you never heard of before all signed these things. Just about yeah, 50 people or more all signed it. Just, there's only a couple of guys in here that I, that I know. And they're both psychopaths. One's Philip Zelikow, and the other one is Robert Zolik. They were both under both Bush's advisors. So I don't know, folks. I I got issues with this. Ah. Yes, I do. brought this up, but turns out that um, why nearly a thousand, a hundred thousand people in Massachusetts are calling for Bill Clinton's arrest? 
Well, it turns out the guy committed voter fraud. Yeah, and the and the Massachusetts primary. The guy started walking and going and visiting all these polls, uh, registered polls, and shaking hands with people and everything inside, and uh, trying to sway the vote to Hillary. You know, he even said it. He didn't even say it. He says it on videos, telling someone, "Don't forget to vote for Hillary." You know, and uh, right there in the in the election station. Uh, so it's. Uh, I don't know. Something that few people know about about the Zika virus. I thought I'd bring it up tonight since I posted it. I I, um, I I it turns out this is according to naturalnews.com that Zika virus can be purchased over the internet <laughs> and origins linked to the Rockefeller Foundation. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that simply amazing? Well, turns out, over the last several days, the alternative media has revealed astonishing details about the true history of the Zika virus. Um, to get the date, the last, the latest news from the independent media, updated hourly, um, which may, uh, which many understanding articles, which many outstanding articles already published such as this one uh, by Global Research, Natural News set out to investigate Zika virus origins and availability more deeply. We've now been able to confirm these three astonishing facts about Zika virus um, to others in alternative media who uh, initialized this line of investigation. Number one, yes, Zika virus traces its origins back to the Rockefeller Foundation. Number two, Yes, Zika virus can be purchased online. We were able to find two suppliers uh, who were um, who who offer three different strains of the virus to qualified level two biohazard laboratories. Yeah, imagine that. They're offering two two varieties. One's not enough. Right? <laughs> it appears to be conceivable that a bioterrorist organization could set up a level two biohazard lab and use it to acquire Zika virus in a deliberate attempt to use it as a human uh, against a weapon against humanity. There do not appear to be adequate safeguards in the industry to prevent this from happening. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, they're linking the Rockefeller Foundation and Dr. Jordy Casals, okay, to uh, developing this back in 1948, I believe. And, um, yeah. And, um, Natural News confirmed that that live Zika virus specimens can, can be purchased online from at least two cent, two science research centers uh, lines providers. All right. So in other words, you know what's happening there is that yeah they can actually 
can buy this stuff online, and, and uh, there's two kinds of strains. And you can go put it in your neighbor's house or go have a great time with it. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, Zika, Zika, you know. And uh, it's horrible stuff. And I, it's just amazing that that we manufactured it in our in our uh, in our in our uh, strange history of genocide. We we admire bigger bullets and bigger guns, and uh, and maybe there's a need for that. But anyway, um, don't forget that uh, you can get the Zika virus online. <laughs> yeah, isn't that amazing? So anyway, time is too droll. pausing here a little too often. Um, it kind of... Uh, yeah. The Rise of American Authoritarianism. I thought there was an interesting article. I'll end with that tonight because it's about Donald Trump, but it's also... Um, uh, talks about the rise of um, men like Hitler, you know, the, the rise of dictators. And we can see what that's about. This is this article is from um, H. Skidmore, I guess. Vox, Vox, V-O-X dot com. Um, the rise of American authoritarianism. A niche group of politic, uh, political um, scientists may have cons- uncovered what's driving Donald Trump's ascent. What they found has implications that go well beyond 2016. <clears throat> the American media, over the past year, has been trying to work out something of a mystery. Why is the uh, Republican electorate supporting a far-right uh, orange-toned uh, populist uh, with no real political experience who uh, exposes extreme and often bizarre views. But how has a Donald Trump seemingly got uh, worked out of um, So what made Trump uh, really rise even more public uh, what made Trump's rise even more puzzling is that his support seemed to cr- be cross demographic lines and education income age even religiosity that usually demarcates candidates and whereas most Republican candidates might draw a long support a strong support from just one segment uh, segment of the based disparity base rather but in southern evangelists or coastal moderates, Trump currently goes well, surprisingly well. And for the uh, south, Gulf Coast of Florida, to the towns of upstate New York, and he's won a resounding victory in the Nevada caucuses. Well, perhaps strangest of all, 
It wasn't just Trump, but his um, supporters who seemed to have come out of nowhere, suddenly expressing a large number of ideas uh, far more extreme than anything that he has risen to such popularity in recent memory. In South Carolina, a CBS News exit poll found that 75% of Republican voters supported banning Muslims from the United States. The PPP poll found that um, uh, uh, found that a third of Trump's negotiators, right? Yeah, twenty percent were Lincoln said Lincoln should have freed the slaves. <laughs> so people found that a third of Trump's voters support banning gays and lesbians from the country. And 20% said Lincoln should have freed the slaves, shouldn't have freed them. Last September, a PhD student at the University of Massachusetts, Amherst, named the Matthew McWillens, um, realized that his his dissertation research above or might hold the answer to uh, hold the answer to not just one, but all three of these mysteries. McWilliams uh, studies authoritarianism, uh, not actually, not actual dictatorships, but rather a, a psychological profile of individual voters um, that is characterized by a desire to order and fear of outsiders. People who score high in in um, authoritarianism, when they feel threatened, look for strong leaders who promise to take whatever action necessary to protect them from others or outsiders and prevent the changes they fear. So McMillan naturally wondered if authoritarianism might uh, correlate with the the world for Trump. He polled a large scale of likely voters looking for correlations between support for Trump and views that aligned with authoritarianism. What he found was astonishing, and not only did authoritarianism uh, correlate, but it seemed to predict uh, support from from Donald Trump from around. So anyway, I think I'm going to leave it at that tonight. We're just about done. But I wanted to thank everybody uh, for for joining us, and I wanted to um, thank you, uh, definitely thank Asme for being with us for so many years, and um, thank you uh, for, uh, for listening. And uh, we hope everything goes well in Connecticut. Here, I don't know. I'm sure that Larry is and, and Asme are fighting hard to to keep the jobs keep people's jobs, and uh, that's why we support them so, so much. So good night, everybody. I hope you have a pleasant tomorrow, and, uh, well, I just hope you do. So have a wonderful evening, folks, and uh, good night.